God, I just can't wake up today. I just, it's a good thing I got one of these. <laughs> Whoa. All right, hey, here we are at episode nine of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. My eyes are burning. My name is Al Carl. This again, this is episode nine. This is our uh, Outdoor Caesars Palace WrestleMania episode. Um, Bobby Vaheenan came down uh, backwards on a camel. <laughs> Pretty much that was it for the show. Uh, with us again on, actually, this is Double Play Tuesday here on the I-95 Sports Network. This is part one. Stay with us later on tonight as uh, Scott Hairston joins Joey Jarzenka in the primetime Zoom interview series. Um, that'll be later on tonight at 10 o'clock after this show. Uh, but right now, we are we are live here. This is the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Tyler, again, uh, once had another prior commitment. I think we made the wrong choice picking Tuesdays as our day to do this podcast. <laughs> um, not sure if we're going to have a meeting going forward with that. Uh, Tyler should be back in all seriousness next week. Um, he's got a family function to go to today. Uh, with us again, though, we got John Smith back. John, how are you, buddy? Good, man. I just want to send out a quick uh, birthday shout-out to two wrestling legends. First, Terry Funk, who we all know and love. And second, yeah. oh. the captain of the Raw women's division, Alicia Fox. Really? I can't <laughs> imagine the size of that birthday hat she's wearing. She's got to have a hat for that. Um, and also joining us again, the first ever PWP Pro Wrestling Pick'em Champion, John DeConi. John, how are you today, pal? Good, good. Thanks for having me aboard again, Al. Much appreciated. I'm glad to have you, I gotta, I gotta talk to Impact with somebody. I gotta talk to Impact with somebody. <laughs> um, on today's episode, all right, we got Sasha Banks with a big pinfall win last night on Raw. Um, a Wyatt Swamp match. I said that correctly. A Wyatt Swamp match was booked for Extreme Rules. Slammiversary main event is kind of in distress at the moment. The second round of the New Japan Cup began. We're going to main event the show with All Elite Wrestling and Fighter Fest Night 1 uh, coming up tomorrow night. Um, and before we get to the curtain jerk of the show, we just had some breaking news earlier in the wrestling world. I just want to get to uh, touch on real quick. Um, thanks to our, our senior United Kingdom correspondent, Gary Maheffi, and also uh, a close friend of the show, Jason Weston. Uh, they were keeping us... Uh, posted with the, the conference call that happened with NXT UK, uh, with Triple H and all their wrestlers. Um, seemed, I don't say it was all about nothing. It was more protocol with the, the speaking out movement and what happened with, uh, with Travis Banks and El Ligero. Um The only further news that two referees uh, were terminated as well. And Joe Coffey happened to get suspended apparently. Um, but, uh, there was a lot of UK news just broke, uh, but the good news is that's coming out of it. Um, they're going to be taping as soon as possible. Uh, the NXT, uh, United Kingdom division is, is going to stick around. Um, they're just waiting to get the green light to go forward, which is great news. I love the UK. I can't wait to be talking about the UK. Uh, last we left off on the UK, Ilya Dragunov won, um, a battle royal with every big name. Uh, the NXT UK had to offer was in that battle royal, and he earned the right to, to, to challenge Walter for the NXT UK championship. So uh, that's where we left off with that, with them. And I'm looking forward to that. Dragging off and improving. But we will table that discussion, uh, hopefully going forward, uh, talking about the NXT UK. But right now, uh, we're going to curtain jerk the show. 
uh, with a massive NXT North American Championship triple threat match that took place last week. John Smith, as our senior NXT correspondent, take it away. Um, well, I think the general consensus was that Finn Balor was going to win that match, so Triple H went the other way with it. And now we're gonna, I guess we're going to see Karrion Cross interfere in, on, uh, for both of them next week to get his revenge on both Karrion or uh, Keith Lee and Adam Cole. I think the triple threat was awesome. It really made Keith Lee look strong. It made him – I mean, you beat Balor and Gargano. How do you, How are you not on the same level as now, like, a Ciampa, a Cole, or even a Cross, since what Cross did to Ciampa? And he pinned Finn Balor. He pinned him. He was yep. the guy, Balor was the one that got, that got uh, the, uh, the three-second sand, three-second hand. I really got to stop so we can come up with stuff on the fly. John DeConi, uh, like I said, we all picked Finn Balor. Uh, Kenny P went out on a limb last week, picked Gargano. Uh, what did you make out of all of this? Uh, I think it uh, it was a fantastic match. You know, you look at a match like that, I don't want to say on paper, because I guess if you're paying attention to NXT, you know who Keith Lee is, you know what Keith Lee is capable of. But you look at it and you have two smaller guys with similar, faster styles, and then you got the big Haas. And you think to yourself, the match it may suffer a little bit. They may have to slow down here and there for Keith Lee, but not when it comes to Keith Lee. Keith Lee is everything that we tried to make Bam Bam Bigelow out to be 20 years ago. He is a, a <laughs> flat-out athletic freak of a big man, and that match was fantastic. Hey, I spy a Jersey guy in Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, <laughs> big fan. Keith, Keith Lee, uh, somebody mentioned this on a Facebook page. He's got a rocket up his ass, and he, com he completely does right now. Between That win right there was huge. Undefeated in takeover events, which is huge right now. I think he's two and zero or three and zero or whatever uh, it was. Um, but we got we got to rewind back to the Survivor Series where he had when it came down to him and Roman Reigns at the end. Yep. Um, he fell short, but you know Reigns gave him the rub, shook his hand, raised the crowd, whatever crowd pop of Keith Lee, and then he got to go to the Royal Rumble. Now here's just something that normal uh, that people don't really give Brock Lesnar credit for, but Brock took a step back when Keith Lee got into the ring with him. Um, Keith Lee went in there in the midst of when uh, Brock was tossing out his 13 in a row, um, and, and Brock sold him. Brock sold yep. him. To, whoa, you know, a big boy. I think the big boy was the exact phrase he used. So uh, Keith Lee's high on everybody's radar. By no means that we didn't pick him to win it. And I, I believe part of the reason was, uh, you know, the, the, the champion versus champion with, with Cole and Balor would make the most sense, but – Lee's got to get the nod at some point soon. I think if they would have skipped an NXT title reign from Keith Lee and just threw him right on SmackDown or Raw or wherever he ends up, maybe that I don't know, maybe that's why I was kind of thinking too. Everyone's saying that he was the next to be called up. Yeah, I think the, um, the reason the reason no one picked Lee in our picks was it just it set up to be an easy way to let him lose the strap, move on without looking bad because somebody else could make pinfall. But especially with, the, especially with carrying cross interference, that's what we were all calling too, because he broke the hourglass. Uh, speaking of carrying cross, we kind of got what we wanted last week. Uh, last week, John DeConi, you, uh, John Swift, I'm sorry, uh, you texted me that night with the exact time. We had the over and under at 60 seconds. What was the time of the carrying cross uh, Bronson Reed match? Oh man, I want to say it was two minutes and 22 seconds, or maybe two minutes and 12. Yeah, it was, similar. Oh, it was it was the over. It was over sixty seconds. It was over ninety seconds. Like, two twenty-two. It was two twenty-two. 
Um, but that was what we wanted, uh, I think. That was a power display by Karrion Cross. Uh, Bronson Reed got some licks in, too. Uh, but it looks like I believe it was the cross jacket. Yeah, basically yeah, it the way we figured jacket. it would go. I'm sorry, John. What was that? I said it, it went the way we figured it would go. But, I mean, yeah. we said it was going to be over a minute, under a minute and a half. But I think because they're two, like, lumbering, you know, take their time kind of guys, especially um, after somebody gets a big move hit on them, they like to pose or scream. The, so that, I feel like that's why it went a little longer than we expected, but it didn't go – it wasn't a real, you know, barn burner of a match back and forth or anything. No, John Connie, yeah, I, John has said the nail on the head. Anything you want to add to that? I mean, it was a power display by carrying Cross here. Yeah, exactly. Well, once he uh, no-sold a German suplex, up right back up and, you know, yep. destroyed him and finished yeah. the match, there's not much left to say. Um. Somebody picked Cameron Grimes last week, and I believe everybody was laughing at me when he got uh, when he did. Cameron Grimes, I mean, I say, by Hooker, he's turning out to be a, a real big piece of crap. Jumps <laughs> him, beats him up in his car before the match, and then works the injury to win the match with uh, two. Uh, what is he? Uh, he calls them uh, Caymans, right? Cayman. Yeah. I know he's the caveman, but I don't think the, I don't I think it's Cayman or something. The it's the cave in. Yeah. But yeah, Grimey's that's that's two huge wins by Hooker Crook on, on Cameron Grimes' resume. Uh between Finn Balor and Damian Priest, and even the rematch that he lost on Balor, that was not a squash like we made it out to be. Grimey held his own, and that was about a 15-minute match. More love for Cameron Grimes, John Smith, that's the NXT guy right there. I love what he's doing. He's uh I don't know. He's just got it when it comes to being a heel. He knows he knows what buttons to push. He he just he just has it. I I think eventually we see him as North American champ and you know doing a honky tonk man type thing where he's always running away or getting counted out or yeah. getting DQ'd. I could definitely see him having a the, that strap and never successfully defending it once. Yeah, well, he he does he is under two hundred five as well. He he could do that. I know that belt's occupied, and we'll get to Santos after this. Uh, John the Connie, grimy, grime time. Yeah, he's positioned himself perfect. Once the all this mess at the top of the card weeds itself out, uh, uh, just like John Smith said, I think he he makes perfect sense to be in the mix for that next era of North American Championship turmoil that you know will happen when at some point you have a double champion and at some point you're going to re-split the titles probably I don't know maybe have a little mini tournament round robin to fill that uh, North American title and I think Grimes you, you got to figure it's going to be right in there because the guy can go and he can go on the mic now I don't remember off the top of my head all eight guys that were in that breakout tournament um, I remember a couple of them. I remember the winners actually not with the company anymore. Um, I remember Angel Garves was in it, and now he's skyrocketed. And then he got, uh, and then Grimey was in there as well. I remember Grimey had a first round win. I believe he did make it to the semifinals. I, he might have lost. I don't remember who he lost. Maybe it was Dexter. I forget. No, Dexter Loomis was in it too. The guys that were in that tournament are shining right now, with the exception of the the guy who won it and and Bronson Reed. I guess he's back on TV now, but he's he's serving a purpose just to be feed for carrying cross. Um, speaking of Santos Escobar, we have the name of his little, 
faction stable uh trios tag team whatever we're gonna have just so you guys know once tyler gets back and if we have a slow week or something like that we are going to sit down and have a conversation on the definitions of what a faction is what a stable is what a three-man team is it's just it, it's all it's and it's that it's because the new day was labeled the greatest faction of all time and i just that's they're not a faction in my head but anyway but they are called ligeros de fantasma so they're sticking with the phantasma name Great match with him and Jake Atlas, John Smith. Yeah, I was a big fan of that one. They they were all over the place. Fantastic, or what's his name, Escobar? He he's got it too. He's he's got that heel thing going for him. And I don't know. I I don't see him getting involved in anything other than the two hundred five division at the moment, just because I think he's going to dominate for a long time. Yeah, it's gonna to be tough to get that belt on him. Like I said, I know NXT UK's in in a little bit of a, a mess right now. Um, as far as I saw, as far as I saw, where is it? As far as I saw, <laughs> um, NXT UK uh, Takeover Dublin is uh, is still on his plan right now. So uh, at the end of October, um, and like I said, Jordan's name, uh, Jordan Devlin's name was on on the list. Uh, that speaking out list. So there's there's a lot going on with the actual cruiserweight champion. I believe they dropped the name interim John Nakani. I don't. Are they just announcing him as the cruiserweight champion now? Yeah, I, I haven't heard interim since uh, just before the end of the tournament. So I guess they're going yeah, just in case they're covering all bases, and they can find a way to to write Devlin back in you know, if and when the time comes and he gets stateside and they want to put those two together. Yeah. I really hope Jordan Jordan Devlin survives this. I, I I I'm such a big fan of his, and I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Absolutely. Um, so uh, going forward, uh, like I said, uh, let me see if I can find what I'm looking for here. Now the NXT logo's got to stay. All right, no, it doesn't. Um, the Great American Bash was announced uh, by NXT. We got cool new graphics here. We're going to be using for special events. The Great American Bash is back. Uh, Triple H brought it back to compete uh, against Fighter Fest. Uh, it's going to be a fun two weeks. Both shows are too big for just one night. Uh, before we get into the picks, uh, I got some fun here. Um, here are our records uh, that we've been keeping track of for the pay-per-view events and the special events. Uh, Tyler jumped out to a big lead. Uh, for those that don't know, the, the point scoring system for PWP, uh, it's usually five points for the heavyweight championships three points for every other title, and then one point for non-title match. Those two times I've been against Drew McIntyre are biting me in the ass right now. Um, and then we go dig a little deeper into NXT. Our senior correspondent, John Smith, he went 5-1 and at In Your House. Um, that's why he is the man for this. So we're going to start off right now. John Smith, we got your boy. We got Dexter Loomis and Roddy Strong in the first ever scrap match in NXT history. Who do you got? I got a funny feeling. I know who you got. <laughs> well, I got Dexter Loomis, but I'm I'm more excited for the strap match. I haven't been excited for a strap match probably ever. Whether it was a strap match, a bull rope match, whatever you want to call it, I've always thought it was too gimmicky. But the whole way that Roddy Strong is so afraid of Dexter and he's always trying to get away from him, I love this dynamic to the match. And John Smith, we forgot to mention this last week. Again, I know you're a huge fan of this guy. The acting uh, job of Kyle O'Reilly as the psychiatrist for Roderick Strong 
I am I am so excited now for the movie that he's filming to come out. He's got an Oscar written all over him. <laughs> <laughs> Great work by Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, John DeCani, is it last week? Okay, so I, I had I say, a little bit of a rough night last Wednesday night, and I was outside talking to my fiancé, and I happened to look in at the TV out of the corner of my eye, and I see Roderick Strong, Roderick Strong running for his life, trying to jump over the barricade and crash into the glass. <laughs> and I'm trying not to laugh because, you know, we're having a bad night. I'm just like, oh, my God. But uh, Strong got away last week. Where do you see going with this, John? Uh, I, I think at some point we're, we're, we definitely uh, will get the uh, comic relief of Strong getting spooked by Loomis and, you know, jumping over the top rope only to hang himself with the strap or something for a few seconds. Uh, I think it's it's going to be – there's going to be some humor involved in it, but I think even if it's not necessarily in this match, maybe because of the strap, you don't get exactly the match that you're looking for. But, you know, we've had a lot of fun with the, these two. But at some point in time, they're really going to go, and I think both of them will put on a heck of a performance. We know Strong will, and I've seen no reason why uh, I wouldn't believe Dexter Loomis is going to be able to, to match move for move with him and give us a heck of a performance. No, not at all. I got, I got full confidence in Dexter Loomis to, uh, to do this with Roddy Strong. I'm going Roddy Strong. Um, still not sure if the Velveteen Dream is going to be helping him. Uh, apparently, I guess he... I'm not going to pull up Spongebob again. Put up, pretend Spongebob's up right now. Velveteen got a car accident. I don't know. Um, I hope he's okay if he did. Uh, but he's got he's got Bobby Fish at ringside, and there's no disqualifications. I got a funny feeling this might be uh, a little too Undisputed Era-ish. So I'm going to go strong with the win, and then I think and then Loomis will win uh, whatever match they do next. Um, interesting developments with the Robert Stone brand. Uh, we have a handicap match here. Uh, tomorrow night, where Aaliyah and Robert Stone are going to fight Rhea Ripley. And if Ripley loses, she has to join the Robert Stone brand. John Smith, we're going to keep on leading with you with NXT. This is your wheelhouse. I do not see her joining the Robert Stone brand. I don't think they've built this up long enough and made us care enough for her to, to lose this match. I think it's got uh, her pinning what's-his-face all over. What's his name? The Robert Stone. Yeah, Stone. I almost called him Roddy Strong. <laughs> I always get them mixed up. Not because – not the, the characters, obviously, just the name. Right. But, yeah, that's the way I see it going. Uh, now, John DeCani, uh, we have seen this before. I think John Cena had to reluctantly join the Nexus. Um, I believe, remember I mentioned last week with EC3 uh, spitting water in Jeff Hardy's face and impact, I do believe Jeff Hardy was forced to be his servant. Um, I believe Shawn Michaels and JBL had a similar thing. Uh, are we going this Daniel way with Brian and the Wyatt family? Right, right. Yep. Yeah, that's that's my take on it. My take is why do this if you're not, I don't know on what planet they're going to uh, let Rhea Ripley lay down. I don't know if, if it's going to be you get no DQs in a handicap match, right? So I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but I see the only reason for making Ripley agree to this is to then reluctantly have to join Robert Stone brand. Yeah, John Smith, that's what you said. There are, there are disqualifications. It's a handicap match. I mean, it's not like a – It's, it's a tag match, I, I believe. Yeah. I don't think they've mentioned any – 
Um, I know it just seems like Rhea Ripley's lost right now because as we'll get to uh, probably in a, in a match or two, the Fatal 4-Way uh, to challenge Io Shirai, and Rhea's not involved in that. This is all she's up to right now. So she's kind of lost in this championship shuffle. So I guess it would make sense for her to kill some time um, until this next uh, title match or situation with the winner and Io there's a possibility. I don't see it. I think this is a nice win for Rhea. I don't think they would do this to Rhea and make her somebody's lackey, you know? Yeah, how are you um, going to lose this match after she dropped the belt to Charlotte and she hasn't been doing much since? Yeah. Yeah, she took the uh, she took, she took the pinfall at uh, In Your House as well. So I'm going to go with Ripley. Um, why not? Yeah, just give, just give her the win. Let her keep going. I don't think, I don't think it'll benefit anybody if she joins with Robert Stone. Um, and again, uh, I just wanted to throw this out there. Uh, Robert Stone and Aaliyah have a match at the Great American Bash. Has anybody seen Chelsea Green? Didn't think so. Still <laughs> yep. Uh, this one's going to be a fun one, boys. This one has just got bruises and hard hits and just violence written all over it. I'm excited for this one. Uh, before you get into your pitch, John Smith, how do you like these Thatch is Thatch Can uh, segments? Um, it's my least favorite part of his character right now. I don't like the way, like, it's almost like he's he's a bully to these these students of his. Like, where does that come from? It doesn't make sense to me. Why is he, as such a tough guy, being a bully to these guys and torquing submission moves? He's not, you know, the sensei of Cobra Kai over here. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. John DeConnie, you want to follow up on that? I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, no, he's not the sensei of Cobra Kai. I think more of what they're doing is making him Stu Hart. You know, you hear all those legendary stories about how Stu would stretch guys in that basement until they were screaming just to see whether or not they were worthy of coming back the next day. So that, that was the feeling I got from it from watching those little vignettes. Yo, some discipline. <laughs> Right, that was that big stew. Uh, that was the big stew. Hard one. Show some discipline. Have some discipline. Yeah. Uh, I it, it's something to do with him, I guess. I mean, if this, if he's just like a wrestler's wrestler and he wants to be the submission guy, I mean, he is a wrestler. They, they put him in that match with Riddle. They put him in the Lions Den or whatever they called it. Yeah. Um, this is just a way to, I guess, make him like, legitimize him more. I don't know. I think Oni Lorg is a great opponent for him. I th I think we'll all agree here. Thatcher gets the win all the way, but this should be fun. I am like, Oni Lorcan is high on my list. Nothing, there's nothing more vicious in wrestling than an Oni Lorcan hot tag. <laughs> Have you ever seen him come in off a hot tag and he just destroys people and it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, um, and then before, there's a fatal four-way match. Uh, we just found out where that it is an elimination match. Uh, we are happy uh, that that is instead of just a one fall. But the winner of these four young ladies will be the next challenger for Io Shirai. And the NXT Women's Championship. Um, John Smith, who do you got? I, I, I don't know where it even... They didn't really have one last week. I know Dakota Kai had a tag team match, which they won. Yeah, I'm going with Dakota. Um, she's got Raquel on her side. It is a four-way, so it's most likely no DQ. Although, you know, the ref can make, make uh, use his discretion to kick people out, but... I see Dakota Kai getting some help for the victory. Her, Candice LeRae, I could also see winning. I think either way it's going to be a heel victory, but I definitely got Dakota Kai. I think this is her chance to show us 
if she belongs in that title picture. I like that thought. I like that a lot. I love Dakota Kai. John Nakani. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing along the lines of it being a heel victory and some kind of heel tactic for the win, but I'm going to go with LeRae uh, for the, the very reason that uh, you touched on, John, uh, that perhaps Big Mommy Cool gets booted from ringside and uh, eventually LeRae finds <laughs> finds the, the heel roll-up or some kind of chicanery. That took me a second. I thought you were talking about Gargano at first. I didn't <laughs> Like, why would you call it? Oh, Raquel, never mind. <laughs> um, um, okay, so I, I said this is more of a process elimination thing uh, for me. That's usually how I do these. And I actually don't play out, not say play out the eliminations, but um, Mia Yim's had her shot. Um, I, I I just think, uh, I, I just not not Mia, not right now. Candice, I think Candice LeRae is eventually going to be the one that beats Eel. I just don't think it's going to be now. So I don't think it's going to be Candice LeRae now. I think that will happen at a takeover. They've already fought once at a takeover and it stole a show in a non-title match. Um, and if you put, you know, Hunter's got no problem putting them out there on a takeover. So I don't know why you wouldn't save that for that. Um, which leads me to my two girls, my two favorite NXT women's wrestlers, and Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. And uh, I'm, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go against the the, the face versus heel thing. I, I'll go Tegan. I'll go Tegan for for a one shot on a, on a Wednesday. It might be next week. You never know. It might be next week. Uh, they really haven't announced much other than uh, Cole and Lee for next week, part of uh, night two of the Great American Bash. Maybe EO defends it. Um, that would be uh, a huge match to put up against Fighter Fest. Uh, you know, against any one of these girls, EO versus uh, to go up against Fighter Fest. And then speaking of our NXT Women's Champion, EO Shirai. And uh, Sasha Banks uh, threw out a video on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, she wasn't happy that. Uh, Yo, Shirai came out after their tag team title defense uh, a couple weeks ago on NXT. Uh, she says NXT is her house. Sasha Banks took exception of it. And uh, we're getting more of Sasha and Bailey, John Smith. Yeah, this non-title, it makes me wonder what the heck they're going to do here. Because if it was a title match, I'd clearly have EO winning this. Non-title, it can go so many different ways. I still have EO winning it, though. I think that they're going to show us that EO is a dominant champion this way. Because she didn't get to pin Charlotte. She pinned Rhea. So yeah. if she gets, you know, Sasha might be the second or third next best thing to pin in Charlotte. So I, I, that's seems, the way I see it. It seems to me like with Becky on maternity and Charlotte um, having a surgery of some sort, um, they're just pressing the Sasha button over and over and over again. John the Connie. Uh, agreed. Uh, we get more and more of Sasha every week in every way possible. Uh, personally, I'm, I've had more than enough of her, but I understand why uh, they keep rolling her out there. A lot of people seem to like her. Uh, I, I really have no feeling on how this one ends. You know, If it wasn't for the fact that it's, I'm assuming, the main event of night one at this point uh, of uh, Great American Bash, I would absolutely call for a no contest, but I don't think I don't think NXT of all factions would pull that on the main event, especially when they're going up against Fighter Fest. So I guess I'll go with Sasha since it is a non-title match. I just don't know how they how they get there without making anyone look bad and you know. 
with yeah, I, I completely agree. There has to be a winner in this because this is probably, uh, if you want to get specific here, uh, this is going to go up against Cody versus Hager. So um, if if they're going to lose a lot of viewers for night two, if this engine is some kind of debacle. Right. Um, and you're going to have a lot of AEW fans uh, talking a lot of crap. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with EO, uh, just to keep this rolling here. I'm going to go with EO. She's going to, it's, it's her show. Um, it probably would have been Charlotte. I would think maybe this would have been Charlotte in a title match if Charlotte wasn't getting surgery. Um, but I just think, uh, it'll be a great match. It'll be a great win for EO. And the one thing I want to point out here, and I will point this out at fighter fest for their strength, uh, three to five matches are women's matches. Um, that's NXT's strength. That's their that's what they're strong with. And as a fighter fest, they, you, got, you got three tag team matches. The tag team di- uh, division is their strong point. So it, it's interesting to see uh, how this is going to match up, you know, with ratings and whatnot, and who thinks what's better. And, you know, obviously uh, I love it all. I know you guys love it all. Uh, minus Cody Rhodes and John Smith. Um, so we are going to uh, switch gears now, going from fighter fest, uh, from the, uh, the great American bash. Um, Again, real quick, uh, to play along with us in the Essential Wrestling Podcast pool, go to ProWrestlingPick'em.com, play against your friends, play against the universe. Forgot to do that before. Um, both nights of the Great American Bash and Fighter Fest are on are on the site. Uh, please play against us. Uh, we want to see how you guys do. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of, of Katheon or something. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a bunch of weird letters uh, jumbled together, but he's... There's a, there's a complete stranger in first place. I hope he's watching. We'll give him a shout-out um, if he is. Uh, and then Tyler's winning between the four of us right now because he's actually doing pretty well in WWE. But John McConney, as our senior Impact correspondent, you had a busy week. Ah, yeah. Uh, Impact is, you know, for, for a lot of months now, they've kind of been treading water. Not have, They don't have a lot of direction. Obviously, they're... Their champion was somewhere in a Mexican prison or whatever. Uh, could not get uh, north of the border. <laughs> and uh, they've since released her, terminated her contract, stripped her of the title. Uh, the seeming heir apparent got caught up in uh, the latest hashtag movement. He's since been released. So now they have Slammiversary coming up with a lot of interesting could-bes. You know, a, a former world champion will return, at, at the very least one. And uh, a couple other people dropped hints that they might be uh, showing up. We had uh, Heath Slater say that as of July 18th, he could do whatever he wants. And we already know he's got a pal in the company. So you don't know if he's going to show up, you know, night one or what have you. So there's a lot of I'm, – I'm very much interested in what happens between now and July 18th. Yeah, Slammiversary main event, and through the course of Slammiversary history, John the Connie, correct me if I'm wrong, the main event is usually five people in that, that King of the Mountain match, right? Isn't right. That, that Jeff Jarrett's the reverse ladder match? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the goal was to put the title onto the, the hook. It was a reverse ladder match. It was a weird concept. Exactly. Regardless of the ladder match or not, their, their, their history is always five people in the main event. Which and they, they had lined up. Now we're down to three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had all three. They had five lined up for this year. Now they're down to three, and it's. I don't want to say uh, 
unimpressive, but you know what you had, you had that great series of matches between Elgin and Eddie Edwards, and you had both of them in there. You had Tessa originally was going to go against just the two of them, so you know that was going to be very interesting. Now you're down to Eddie Edwards and Trey and Ace Austin. So you know, I don't know if uh, by July 18th we'll have a new stipulation. Some new gimmick or wrinkle to the match, but uh, you know they're, they're they're dropping like flies. But July 18th, there could be a a, a very much a a B12 shot to the uh, roster. So now, the, the, the question I can I guess I want to ask: Do you think they'll just leave it as a triple threat? Do you think they'll announce two more people, or you know what? This could be just. I would say part of the plan. I mean, if they really weren't, you know, if, if, if they weren't imagining Tessa Blanchard to be there anyway, then trouble, 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 trouble. <laughs> Do we have some of these mystery people actually being in? Like, can we see EC3 and we can call him Ethan Carter the third again? Like, do we have surprise entrances? Do we have the last two spots? Uh, filled by champions from other companies. That would be fantastic. I, I'd certainly love to see it. I don't know for sure, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. Do we see EC3 maybe show up and go right after what I would imagine he'd start referring to as his title? You know, you got Moose walking around with that TNA Wildcat belt. You know, does he put himself right in whatever winds up being the the Moose storyline there, or does yeah. he go? go straight for the impact title. I, I, I would imagine they want to give a little more juice to what they have right now, the three-way. So I would very well so be right. Too. I just feel like that title is suffering right now. It's been off TV yeah. for such a long time, longer than Brock Lesnar's held the universal title off TV in his longest stint. You know, the impact championship has just been in Mexico, apparently, that's where her fiance lives. I think that's. I think I caught that in some kind of article. That's why Tessa Blanchard's in Mexico, randomly in yeah. Mexico. Her and Dogger, yeah. Her and Dogger hanging out down there in Mexico. But uh, yeah, I um, mean, like you said, we haven't even seen the belt. I, uh, you almost wonder, have they had the, you know, maybe have a new belt uh, created in the time that they've had off? Yeah. And he said, Moose is doing a great job. And I want to bring up a couple more points before I make our impact picks, and then we'll move on. But (laughs) Crazy Steve. (laughs) Crazy Steve is absolutely amazing. Why WWE or anybody didn't sign him when he was a free agent? Yeah. I could be a fake champion. I could be a fake champion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm blind, and I can see that you're not a champion. John Smith, (laughs) Crazy Steve is legally blind. No, he's a wrestler, and he tells Moose, "I'm blind, and I can see that you're not a real champion." <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got this Joker laugh. Like he is an amazing character, and I had such high hopes for him in NXT. Uh, and they just never pulled the trigger on Crazy Steve. Um, we'll get to that match in a second. Uh, the other uh, two things I want to get to you, uh, real quick. Uh, Madman Fulton and Eddie Edwards tore it down in the main event last week. I, I again, just like the Akira Tozawa's Ninja, I did not realize how big Madman Fulton is. 
Absolutely. And Eddie Edwards wasn't a, I know he's not the biggest guy. He's not exactly a small guy either. And he made Eddie Edwards look small. Certainly did. Yeah. Yeah, Edward. Uh, uh, maybe it's just who's left on their roster. But recently I had come to realize that Eddie Edwards was bigger than I thought. And then all of a sudden you see him next to Madman Fulton and get ragdolled by him a couple times. And you think, good golly, that's a large man. Yeah. Uh, he got the win. He got the pin over Eddie Edwards. Uh, it was a minor distraction by Ace Austin, but it, it looks like Madman Fulton was using some kind of like swinging end of days as his finisher. It was a pretty right. cool looking move. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that uh, if you want to bring up again, we were talking about in pre-production meeting, D'Lo Brown. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, they did some uh, some interesting stuff with D'Lo. They had him er earlier in the show. Uh, hanging out backstage with a laptop set up on some of the uh, the cases, and uh, uh, it was Reno Scum, I think, uh, you know, passed by him, and we're we're busting his chops about being a corporate stooge, and you know, oh my God, you went from uh, they and they actually dropped in the the first segment, oh, you went from an aces and eights to you know being a lackey and hanging out on the laptop and doing corporate business, and later they ended the show after the main event. Uh, going backstage again to D'Lo, he was now uh, he was talking to the computer as if he was on a uh, Skype call or something, although you couldn't hear the other end. And he said, "I'm I'm tired of being the corporate stooge. I want to get the band back together. All right, I'll talk to you next week or I'll talk to you tomorrow or something." He shuts his laptop, gets up disgusted, starts to walk off, and as he gets out of his chair, you see that he's left behind him. His aces and eights cut, laying over the chair, and he reaches back and grabs it, exits screen right, show goes off the air. Some interesting it, stuff. You think it's a coincidence that they aired footage of uh, Doc Gallows being revealed as an aces and eights member as one of their impact flashbacks. Right. Uh, and then i got to bring up SpongeBob. Bring up a lot of SpongeBob with impact. Uh, <laughs> apparently, rumor going around that Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson – they're making their way to Impact. Um, yeah, last I saw, that was marked as a done deal. So. And, I, and what I read in that stipulation as well, and I and, and this is big for them. It might not be big for a lot of people, but they have the right to go wrestle for New Japan as well if they so choose to. Um, so I think that would be a pretty good cross-promotion for Impact. Like, hypothetically, if Gallows and Anderson show up at Wrestle Kingdom with the Impact Tag Team Championships. Sure, sure. That's not that's that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and you would imagine impact schedule allows for that. You know, they tape, I don't know, what winds up being two, three, sometimes four TV uh, segments or shows in a weekend. You know, when they you know they get a building together and uh, they you know they so that gives them plenty of time to, to yep. head over to Japan and do that circuit. So yeah, it makes maybe a lot of sense. Cool. Maybe they do like an impact bolt club. Maybe it's not aces and eights. Maybe maybe they just like all right, Devo, put that away. We're gonna we're gonna join another club. Well, but, but funny you should mention that because uh, as we were talking about in pre-show, uh, I tried to break down that uh, forty-second, you know, a ch former champion is coming back video, and yeah. the only people who appear in the video more than once, you know, there was a, you get Angle, Kurt, uh, Kurt Angle, Eric Young, Mister Anderson, James Storm, blah 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 blah. People who appear more than once are Angle, I believe, but he's the one that I'm going to throw out. But the specifically, EC3 appears twice. 
Gallows appears twice. Anderson appears twice. Once, very visibly, in a Bullet Club t-shirt. I don't know what the fuck yeah. of that, but I figured it was worth mentioning. Tyler, actually, when uh, that video first aired, uh, way back when, when Tyler hosted the show with me, um, <laughs> that video, that was when that video came out. And that was how, like, how did they get New Japan footage? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. But I, yeah. I guess. But yeah, so that, that'd be pretty interesting. All right, John the Connor, we're going to run through these impact matches real quick. Uh, and then we can move forward. We got Suicide and Chris Bay. Now, Chris Bay actually pinned Willie Mack last week. Um, he has earned the right to challenge Willie Mack now for the prestigious X Division Championship. I still think that belt is prestigious. I still think that title is prestigious. Um, I fell in love with all the guys that came before Willie Mack, and I love Willie Mack as well. I'm looking forward to that. But first, Chris Bay's got to uh, get past Suicide, another X Division staple. Yes, and, you, you, you know, su Suicide – is fantastic, but you got you got Bay pinning the Impact or the uh, X Division champion. Uh, you've got him already lined up at the pay per view for a title shot. He's got to keep it going here. Yeah, one hundred percent agree with you. Um, interesting tag team match. I mean, I think these two have had uh, had some issues in the back, some uh, some run-ins in the back. Um, actually, with the whole uh, jumping of Trey of the Rascals. Uh, TJP, our friend TJ Perkins, and Falaba. They're going to fight Reno Scum. Now, I am uh, I never really knew Reno Scum. I've seen them twice now. Um, I like these two. Great name for them. Great gimmick. Everything is just perfect with those two. Yeah, they, they, they definitely come off as uh, a pair of scumbags like, they, like they're going for here. <laughs> and uh, they were the ones who, uh, yeah, they, they put a little, they put the heat on TJP and Falaba during the jumping of trade investigation and whatnot. So uh, they were the ones busting chops with D'Lo backstage. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it lines up. It should, and it should be a, an, an interesting match. I'm going to go with TJP and follow Ba, and I really have no reason for it. I think these okay. four will just put on a good match. Just for fun, I'll go against you. I'll take Reno Scum just because I'm starting to get upon him. I love TJ Perkins. Um, I thought his Cruiserweight Classic one was great. I love him as Cruiserweight Champion, especially the heel TJ Perkins. He's great. He's such a great submission wrestler. Um, so I'll, I'll go. I'll go with Reno Scum on that one, though. I'll, I'll, I'll go with them. That's a great. Peter Hogan and Havoc in the in the Knockouts Division. Uh, yeah, here's here's another one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Havoc. Simply for the fact uh, that uh, she is she's the big gal in the match, yeah. I think she might toss Kira around a little bit. Uh, they'll have their seconds at, at ringside, no doubt, both of them in uh, Navia and uh, Steels. Uh, but I'm going to go with Havoc in this match. Yeah, I'm going to go with Havoc too, only for the fact that actually uh, the two that you just mentioned, um, Navia and and Jersey's own Tasha Steels. I spy a Jersey girl with a win last week. From the Brick City. Well, Tasha got the win last week, so I think uh, Havoc will get the win over Kiera. And then eventually the tag team match uh, with the four of them is going to happen eventually. Exactly. Uh, it won't happen at the pay-per-view because the four of them actually got entered um, in that 10-knockout gauntlet match, number one yes. contender gauntlet match for Slammiversary. So um, I guess they uh, I mean, they absolutely – that's where they're headed. Yeah, they'll meet uh, up somewhere down the line two on two, but yeah. All four of them will be in that gauntlet match. Yeah, that tag team match will be really good. I'm looking forward to that. 
Uh, we kind of have a double main event here. Um, I'm not exactly sure um, what will go on last, what will go on first and whatnot. But uh, as we mentioned before, Crazy Steve is going to challenge to be fake champion against Moose. Moose <laughs> is putting up his unrecognized TNA championship. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you got you to go with Moose here. You got to keep that guy. I assume somewhere down the line that the returning champion, or if we get more than one returning champion, someone's going to eventually, someone big's going to get into an angle with Moose, over, whether it be over this title, if they decide to hold on, you know, keep it going for some reason, like the old, uh, what do they call it, the Legends title. You know, maybe they rebranded along those lines, or if somebody just says, you know, let's, I want to, I'm going to beat Moose for it, and then put this to bed because it's not the real world title. But you gotta, you gotta assume Moose is going to hold on to it. As entertaining as Crazy Steve is, Moose wins here and continues to flaunt himself as the world champion with a title that technically no longer exists. Yeah, 100% agree with you, and I wouldn't be shocked if Moose goes after these returning guys. Like hypothetically, say if it is EC3. Yeah, Moose can get right up in his face. I mean, he he loves flaunting that he has that belt right now. Um, and then the other main event, uh, two guys that are going to be in the well, actually one of the guys uh, that's going to be in the main event at Slammiversary, Trey from the Rascals. Uh, he's going to fight Big Daddy Madman Fulton um, that we just mentioned. Who uh, he's getting? He got the win over Eddie Edwards last week. I'm not going to pick against him and uh, defeat. You know, Trey's going to beat him. You know, I'm not yeah. picking against Fulton right now. Exactly. Well, not only that, but I think if you uh, you when you have when I assume you have Fulton win this match, uh, you can then say that Ace Austin goes into this triple threat for the world title, assuming it doesn't get tweaked. Right? You have a you have a triple threat coming up. You have Ace Austin, who will have Fulton in all likelihood in his corner, and Fulton owns a pinfall victory or at some kind of victory over both of the other two men in the three way. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, he's a big, nasty dude, too. Uh, he's a good guy for Ace Ass Austin to have in his corner. Um, so that's going to be a good show tonight. I'm looking forward to that uh, tonight. We will be off air in time um, for the show at 8 o'clock tonight. Impact is on Access TV for those of you following at home. Um, What's that? I'm going to have to start watching it so I can get involved in these conversations. <laughs> yes, please help me out. Please. What's please. It? I'm sure it'll be over at my house for Slammiversary, so uh, definitely try to maybe get an episode or two in beforehand just so you know what's going on, because it's going to be a really entertaining show, especially with the surprises they have. Um, and specifically, if it's Gallows and Anderson, uh, if they if that is true and they did sign, the North are in trouble. Reno Scum is already my favorite, though. Reno Scum. you got to see these guys, John. <laughs> uh, John Smith, if you've been quiet, we'll start off with you. How, how awesome the WWE, then, now, forever... It ran, and then it goes to the ring, and you just see Samoa Joe, like, kind of shoulder-shrugged with Oscar Bailey and Sasha Banks just going at it with the contract signing. I don't know, John Smith, go for it. What do you got with this? Very unique way to start the, the show. I loved it. It seems like something Heyman would do, but Heyman's not there anymore. Right. Well, who cares who's writing it? I, I really liked it. I love Samoa Joe in the role he's playing as, like, a moderator but still a badass. Yeah. Or bad bleep? Did I? Did I? No, no. We said asked three times already, so we're good. <laughs> okay. We're not off YouTube yet, so we're yeah, good. I mean, the the turmoil itself was, you know, it didn't lead to anything because eventually they were all seated and calm or whatever you want to say and cut their promos, and then it went back to to them 
fighting each other again. But to, to open it that way, it really catches your attention. It did. And then, and then uh, during the promos, uh, two noticeable things happened. Two noticeable things happened. Uh, Drew McIntyre is letting Dolph Ziggler pick the stipulation for their WWE Championship match at Extreme Rules, the horror show. John DeConi, if you were Dolph Ziggler going against Drew McIntyre, what are you picking? Uh, maybe no holds barred, and uh, yeah, maybe uh, Bobby Roode or you know some kind of DQ where maybe Bobby Roode comes back and interjects himself since he was part of the trade that brought Ziggler over. Yeah, because uh, yep. otherwise, and neither one of them have notable su submission no. uh, maneuvers. Uh, I don't think McIntyre's knees want to climb a ladder. Uh, so I, I don't I, – nothing kind of writes itself for me. Uh, you know, you, you don't want a tall man up there on the ladder. The amount of times you wind up falling off. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm John Smith, if, I, if I'm Dolph Ziggler, I'm going to try to make the big man run out of gas here. I'm going to go Iron Man match, something that I know I can do. I've done it before and I've done it recently. And as uh, I believe it was you guys who had this conversation with an Iron Man match would be good with an empty arena because no one's going to count down from 10 to 1 every minute. Um, so that's what I'm doing if I'm Dolph Ziggler. I know it's really not an extreme rules type deal, but uh, if I'm Dolph, I'm going to try to run him out of gas. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think that's what's going to happen, though. I don't think they're going to give them an Iron Man match. Um, the only way Dolph can win is if it's maybe a, a cheerleading competition and he brings back his old green. Hey. <laughs> but um, I, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. DeConti here and say there's some sort of no DQ match, you know, whether it's a steel cage or whatever you want to call it. And Bobby Roode, I do see getting involved because they did, they have mentioned him in the past couple weeks, haven't they? Yeah, Dolph said he was a part of the trade. Yeah, and like right. I said Dolph's got him in the back, and he's mentioned like my tag team partner. So maybe he does have right. a trigger sleeve where uh, maybe maybe Bobby is back uh, over the border. Uh, apparently, the Singh brothers are not because I actually just saw something <laughs> on Twitter. Um, they sent Renee Young a Canadian care package from Canada because uh, Renee got hit with the COVID, and they're trying to be nice and uh, send her some Tim Hortons and. Uh, whatever else is up there. <laughs> that was a fun little Twitter exchange between those guys. Um, and the second, the most important, to me, the most important thing, bringing back up Sasha Banks. I forgot she had the ink stamp when she signs contracts. <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair. Boom! Just smacked her name, and it was bedazzled, and it was absolutely brilliant. I this has to be the first time in a long time. The only time I remember her with the contract signing and doing this was uh, back in NXT with Bailey and uh, the Iron Woman match that they main evented, the first women's main event. John Smith, anything you want to go with? That was incredible. <laughs> I, I think that's brilliant. I never, I don't remember her doing that the first time. You you had mentioned that she'd done that once before, but I I thought it was brilliant. I I didn't see it coming. I nope. was like, what the heck is she doing? She's. I was like, that's a bedazzled stamper right there. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, like I said, he got every, every time Sasha bang up, up, and she just does something even better. That oh, uh, John DeConi, anything you want to add to that, or do you want to move forward? No, uh, it, yeah, it it, it was uh, it got me to uh, unlike yourself, I hadn't seen it the first time around, so it, it took me completely off guard. And it just it fits perfectly with her character. 
Oh, uh, there was a funny contract signing because ba- it was uh, no Bailey was the hugger at the time, and uh, she just won the title, and it was Bailey's first contract signing, and she was all excited that you know to fight because you know it, and Sasha walked away from it. She's like, "You're not even gonna fight me at the contract signing." And Sasha's like, "No," and she took the inkstand, bang, and then she walked away. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first contract. I think they ended up fighting anyway, but Bailey's like, "This is gonna be the first contract signing that no one fights at." Um, <laughs> a little bit of a bleep show on Raw. Um, you got the big show, you got Andrade and Angel Garza, Zelina Vega, you got the Viking Raiders, you got Ric Flair, um, why have, I guess John, John DeConi, because uh, John's going to answer for the last, I'll, I'll do this, why are you going to have this, this thing, first of all, why are you going to split up Andrade and Angel Garza? I don't agree with that at all. Two, if you are going to do it, why are you going to have them beat the Viking Raiders only to split them up? Like, why are you going to make the Viking Ra- I don't know. John, John, John the Count, do you want to help me out with this one? I'm uh, yeah, that, that had me throwing things at the television because, you know, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much I'll be on the podcast with you in the future, but you will. there's a couple things you'll hear me complain about quite often. Uh, sometimes the... Uh, the, the women's division trying to pull off moves that they're not strong enough to pull off and therefore having botches in their matches. Uh, I tend to go after, uh, you know, like a la- I believe last week when I brought up uh, Strong and Stone, you know, odd names in the wrestling business. And another thing you will, uh, you will see me complain about quite often is Vince McMahon's complete lack of respect for the tag team division. How do you have someone as dominant as the Viking Raiders? Okay, they finally got their uh, the, the uh, Street Profits finally got their W over them last week, yep. and this week you turn them into gatekeepers against Garza and uh, Andrade. You know, if you were going to have Andrade and Garza beat them, have them beat them for the title so then they can eventually turn on each other and maybe go after the U.S. title or something like that. Don't waste a good team like the Viking Raiders uh, having them get beat cleanly by two guys who are already falling apart as a team themselves. Yeah, it makes sense to me. John Smith, I, I completely agree. I understand if, you know, obviously if Garza and Andrade are the next in line, then, then why, why, I don't know, why have them fight? I don't get it. I mean, I guess maybe it gives them some credibility in the tag division if you take out the Viking Raiders, but if but the Viking Raiders have been on a losing not a losing streak, but they lost last week to the Street Profits. They, you know, they're not giving a good rub to anybody right now by by losing by by laying down for anybody. So yeah, I agree with you guys. It does it doesn't make much sense that 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 would happen, but maybe it's it's just leading them to being a dominant tag team for. For a long time, or for the foreseeable future, at least one would hope, because I love seeing the both of them in the ring. Yeah. Um, on a more positive note, maybe it's something a little more fun. Our truth got his thirty-seventh twenty-four-seven championship. Um, when this started, I was like, you know, maybe he can beat Ravens record. He not only beat Ravens record, I, I think Raven was 23. He just destroyed Ravens uh, 23 reign hardcore championship run. 
anything you want to throw out there about our truth and the funny thing is actually i'll throw this out there for you when he was in the back talking to cedric and or cedric the entertainer and uh richard o'shea which was hysterical <laughs> he's looking around like someone's gonna jump him but they fired everybody that's gonna jump him like right. no one wanted to chase him anymore so i thought that was kind of a funny little thing too but anyway anything about our truth john smith um i mean i the title belongs with him or around him, but I mean, he's definitely typecast himself into this for the rest of his career, unfortunately, unless they get rid of the belt altogether. Um, that being said, I love that he's like such a multiple time champ, and every time he's on my screen, it makes me smile. So I can't, complain. yeah, what's up? Every time I hear that music, I you just, you just can't help but smile. Uh, couple more points just to bring up just to blow over real quick we don't need to discuss peyton royce's uh that spinning suplex for the win that was pretty awesome i was impressed by that i thought when she hooked her i thought she was going to go with the perfect plex which she does pretty damn close kurt heading smiles every time she does it um but she lifted her up and then did the spinning thing and got the pin over ruby riot uh i enjoyed that uh as you see we're kind of maybe throwing uh ruby riot and Liv morgan back together again uh, everything between uh, Apollo Crews, MVP, Bobby Lashley. Now you're going to add Ricochet and Cedric the Entertainer, Cedric Alexander. I'm doing it too now. Um, that's that's going to get interesting over the next couple weeks. Um, I kind of want all of them together to just destroy everybody on Raw, but I don't think there's enough guys now with uh, with them being hit by the COVID and whatnot coming up. I don't think there's enough time. For They're going to be great matches against each other. I thought Crews and MVP was pretty good together. Um. Again, Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, Angel Garza did uh, did a Rick Martel and uh, left Andrade in the ring uh, to be beat up by the Big Show. Again, I don't know where we're going with that with them. Why make them fight when they're supposed to be the next in line for the titles? But Sasha Banks, like I said at the top of the show, Sasha Banks, we're gonna bring her up again because she had another. She got a big win. She pinned the champ. Does this uh, change anything going? Do we? I know we got to talk about this in a couple of weeks. Um, are we giving Sasha a chance now to become a, is a two belt banks or uh, banks, two belts, or what is she calling herself now? Two belt banks. Yeah. Two belt banks. Yeah. So, like, uh, are you going to give her a shot now? I mean, or is this just a setup? I mean, we still got another two, three weeks until this happens, right? Two weeks. Yes. I, I mean, I think she's always got a chance because she's Sasha banks, but, uh, and, you know, I'll never presume to know what Vince McMahon has in, in his head. But I think if it doesn't eventually lead to Sasha versus Bailey, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I don't see why you would take the title off of Asuka. So I'm still going to go with Asuka. All right, John Smith, I'm going to send me another two weeks to keep this going, this feud going. But uh, are you giving Sasha any bit of more of a chance? I know you're a big Asuka fan. Uh, no, uh, I I think eventually the way it goes is Sasha fails, then Bailey has some snide remark, like yeah, well I got two belts and you don't, you know, one of those kind of things. You, you could be as as big of a champ as I am, but you couldn't do it. So yeah, okay. I see. Well, John, well, well, John Smith, we'll, we'll we'll great transition right there. Thank you very much for it. Because on SmackDown, Nikki Cross won a fatal four-way, and now she will be challenging Bailey at Extreme Rules as well. So 
her title's on the line too. She she could be uh was it Billy Doe straps. That that could end as well. You're gonna give Nikki Cross a shot here. I'm giving Nikki yeah. a shot. Now no, I don't give Nikki a shot. I think they're gonna have a hell of a match though. I think this is gonna be Nikki Cross is coming out. And if she if she nails this, then it's gonna lead to her turning on Alexa in the future to get her or like a real nice singles push, I think. I'm thinking, you know, when they did this fatal four-way, I pegged Nikki Cross right away. Because if you're going to have a pay-per-view called The Horror Show, Nikki Cross has got to be on it. Right. And I'm giving – and Nikki Cross might win. It might – with just a show like this. And, you know, what? there's going to be maybe some kind of weapon stipulation. Uh, you know, Nikki Cross, somebody just uh, put on uh, Facebook or some kind of highlight. I think it was at uh, the NXT Facebook page. Uh, it was like the three or four year anniversary of the the last woman standing match between Oscar and Nikki Cross on NXT TV, which was they just killed each other. So Nikki Cross knows how to do all that. Um, so you got Nikki Cross going for SmackDown. I'm giving Nikki a shot, but to tell you the truth, I John McCartney, I would love nothing more than Bailey and Sasha Banks to being the two woman power trip, equal to what Triple H and Stone Cold was together back in the day. True, absolutely. But, yeah, I'm, I'm always going to give Nikki Cross a chance because of that match you just named was one of the first – it was one of the first episodes of NXT when I really started watching it. And I have loved Nikki – every week when you say uh, – you, know, you give your shout-out to Alexa Bliss, you know, in my heart, my heart flutters for Nikki Cross because she's been my girl ever since that match. So I will always <laughs> give her a shot. Yeah, well, Nikki. Uh, maybe maybe she has been buoyed on 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 Twitter, but no, Alexa. Alexa's been she's been down lately. I think she's been back up there. Actually, no, she's been down still. Her boyfriend was threatened on Twitter or something like that. I mean, um, SmackDown was kind of a lighter show because of uh, COVID concerns that broke out. Uh, they started the show with a forty-five minute replaying of the Boneyard match from WrestleMania, which was a great match. Nothing against that. And a lot of tributes to the Undertaker. Um. With all that, Baron Corbin comes out. The Undertaker sucks. <laughs> I was, it just Baron Corbin again. I don't think Baron Corbin gets enough respect and enough credit as being one of the best heels in the company. John DeCani, I know you absolutely hate Baron Corbin. He's doing his job. Yeah, well, exactly. I think Baron Corbin is positioning himself to be a bigger version of what Miz was. I absolutely detested Miz. I was almost physically nauseous when he was the world champion. But in retrospect and in watching him, I'm never blown away by the technicality of his matches. The guy just goes out there and does what he's supposed to do. You hate him, but he puts on a safe but entertaining match and gets the job done as a heel. And yep. that's what Cor exactly what Corbin is doing. And right now, I still have, I don't, I'm not seeing through it yet. I still absolutely detest him, but he's doing <laughs> what he's supposed to do. Uh, John Smith, uh, Jeff Hardy came out. Uh, he took exception to the, uh, exception to the comments. Uh, he was playing the role, I guess, uh, as the one representing the old school, the Attitude Era. For The Undertaker, I think Jeff is actually the senior guy on that roster, right? I don't think anybody else that was around um, was around in the Attitude Era. I think Jeff might be the last one. Probably. Um, match between Jeff Hardy, he beat Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin got then uh, – he got a lot of finishers towards the end of that, including Matt Riddle. 
Um, anything you want to comment on that? No, I've, I kind of looked at this show as, um, you know, separate from what they're doing. Like, I don't think this is going to lead into anything else, like Jeff Hardy versus Baron Corbin angle or anything like that. I think it's just, you know, it was the Undertaker show. You disrespected the Undertaker. Undertaker's my friend. You know, he he didn't hold me down. He did that match with me on Monday Night Raw, you know, that kind of thing. So I felt like it was just like a one-show story, and then they're going to get yeah. back to back to normal next week. Uh, yeah, and Sheamus is going to do his toast. That was delayed one week. That's back on. He's going to toast Jeff Hardy next week so we can resume that feud. Uh, one last point with SmackDown. Um, a Wyatt Swamp match for Extreme Rules that is a non-title match. Any John DeCani, any initial thought on this? Uh, I I think it's just WWE riding the wave. You know they they brought Matt Hardy back into the fold a couple of years ago, and I guess he got in somebody's ear and said, you know, I know you guys don't pay much attention, or maybe you're not allowed to pay attention, but look at the great stuff I was doing over there in Impact. And now it seems like they are, you know, especially with the constraints that they have right now with the empty buildings and whatnot. Uh, they're taking every opportunity they can to do something cinematic. Yep, and yep. I just hope it's cinematic on the scale of Boneyard as opposed to cinematic on the scale of previous Wyatt pre-tape matches. Yes. Uh, well, the Firefly Fun. Oh, that was fun. Uh, I don't think we put that in the conversation, but I know the – I believe it was called the House of Horrors, John Smith. You mentioned it last week. Um, I don't think there's going to be a house involved. Maybe there will be. I don't know. This, uh, you know, Randy burned it down the last time I checked. Hey, the fiend could have rebuilt it with his mind. Uh, that's that's a good point. You know, something stupid like that. But um, I don't I don't know about about the the way they're going with this. I mean, it is going to be cinematic. But why is it non-title? Be- is it because? They know that we know that there's no way Braun Strowman's losing the title to to old school Bray Wyatt, so they're just gonna, you know, throw us for a loop. That way, we don't know how the hell the match is gonna end. Yeah, maybe it's just it's, this is it's personal now to the point where that maybe that's the title is just not involved. Would you want to bring in the, a universal title to the Swamp? I, I don't know. Is there gonna be a referee there? I don't. There's going to be some questions. Like, I don't even think there's going to be a referee there. I think this is going to be just like the, you know, the boneyard where it's just going to be two guys fighting and uh, maybe, you know, Bray falls in the swamp, bronze wins, and then you can just see the fiend glove pop up out of the swamp at the end. And that's where you go to SummerSlam with. So, uh, yeah, we got to stay tuned for that. So extreme rules is, cha- uh, is shaping up. Not looking too bad so far. Uh, I'm going to do a brief, quick rundown. I know uh, we got a little bit of time left. I want to save as much time as possible for Fighter Fest. New Japan Cup uh, starts back up uh, tomorrow morning, uh, I guess, Eastern time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. The first half of the second round matches was a lot of fun. One match specifically I want to talk about, uh, a gentleman by the name of Toro Yanu. Um, he is the uh, the entertainer um, that's out there. He's the guy that, you know, Joe, you know, Behind the referee's back, he'll take off the turnbuckles and whatnot. So he was fighting uh, Hiromu Tanahashi from uh, my boys from the LIJ, uh, who's actually also the junior heavyweight uh, champion, their version of the Cruiserweights. He's their top uh, small guy there. Tanahashi came out with a helmet on. 
and there's no English commentary. I'm kind of, I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? Why is he wearing a helmet? He's been playing this paranoid character. So I just thought he was doing something for his character. Toriano comes out and starts chasing him with a pair of scissors trying to cut his hair. So that's why the helmet was on and makes sure he couldn't. <laughs> the whole match, it was just so entertaining. It was a lot of fun. Toriano ended up taping um, Tanahashi to uh, one of the ringside boys. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched the New Japan event. They have like their, their trainees outside. They put the ice bags on the, on the loser's necks after the match. He taped his leg to one of them. So, so Tanahashi was in a three-legged race with this guy pretty much at the end of the match. And, but Tanahashi ended up taping Toriano. He him in an elevator, hits the up button, sends him to the ceiling, and then runs back to the ring, a three-legged race back into the ring. And uh, Toriano uh, got countered out. It was a really, it, you don't complain really about a count out, but this was really funny. That was a lot of fun. Toriano's. He's a good technical wrestler, I guess, to a point, but he just – he does uh, – he's not allowed to spit water anymore, so he's got a water bottle, and he can he shoots it in the air like he's misting. Um, <laughs> another they do the Mr. Sparkle commercial after? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Tanahashi got the win on that. He advanced. He is going to be uh, facing Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, the the Stone Pitbull, I believe, is his name. And if ever, if you want his, there was ever a nickname to fit a man, the Stone Pitbull. This guy exactly looks like that. He's just one mean dude, and uh, Tanahashi's gonna have his work cut out for him. That's the uh, um, former Olympian Ishii. I I don't know any of these guys. He's it's a big guy, though, right? Is, between Kevin Kelly and Don Callis, they were the last two I knew that did the English commentary for Japan, and. Callis ain't there anymore. I don't know if Kevin Kelly is. So I have no idea what these guys back are. I, I know them, uh, most of them. Uh, Tazi Shimori, you know that name, John Nakani. He was Impact, right? He was X-Division champion, the Bone Soldier. Sure. Uh, he advanced um, representing the Bull Club. He's going to be into the quarterfinals. Uh, and he's got the tall task. Uh, he's got Okada in the next round. Okada used the Anaconda Vice on Yuji Nagata to advance. Um, so Ishimori and Nagata. What's that? Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata. He's he's still working over there. All these guys. The guy Ishimori's been around for a while. The more wow. been around. Yeah. <laughs> Yuji Nagata beat yeah the 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 Blue Justice or whatever his nickname. Right? The blue trunks on. He beat Minoru Suzuki in the first round. I was shocked. I couldn't believe that. Wow. But yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be the big quarterfinal match. It's gonna be Okada and Ishimori. Um, I'm gonna go upset on that one. I'm gonna take Kaz. That's gonna take place on Thursday. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, the rest of the second round matches coming up. Um, kind of an interesting feud. Uh, I don't know if it's been started, it's been going on. But at the end of their first round matchup, Taichi, I guess his name is. Um. He uh, he beat uh, Takahashi, the, uh, the uh, Go Ace, the guy that plays the electric guitar, the air guitar. He uh, he's one half of the tag team champions. Ta uh, Takahashi, Takahashi. I don't remember. So, oh, it, it's it's very it's very confusing. I'm trying, uh, but he's actually him and Kota Obushi are tag team champions. And Taichi actually jumped Tanahashi after the match. Obuda came. Uh, Abushi came in for the save. He got beat up as well, uh, and they got—they're going to face off against each other uh, tonight as well, tomorrow morning. Um, anything with Kota Abushi is going to be great. Uh, 
I feel like this guy Tai Chi. I don't. I don't want to bet against the Bushi. I feel like this guy Tai Chi. He's kind of on to something. He's got a very dramatic entrance, very gospel like. It's a very interesting character. Um, then the other three matches, I'll make it real quick. Sonata, Bushi, and Evil. I got three of my guys from the LIJ going. Um, I don't think all three of them are going to win, but I'm just going to pick all three of them regardless just to try to save time here. I think if anyone's going to lose, it's going to be Bushi, but give me Evil and Sonata going forward. Um, Hiromu Takahashi, who I just mentioned again, the, uh, he's got Ishii in the quarterfinal. I'm going to take Ishii in that one. I'm going to go with Ishimura in the upset over Okada. And then pretty much by the time we're back on air next week, the semifinals will be complete. And uh, hopefully I'll be talking about the, the New Japan Finals with somebody. Um, by looking at this list right now, give me uh, give me, uh, give me Ishimori. Give me the Bone Soldier and uh, give me my boy Evil. That's going to be my prediction for the final. God knows if, if I'm right, you may never hear the end of this. <laughs> I'm just looking at my list right now. I really didn't make picks of this. I'm kind of going on as I go. But give me Evil. Give me, give me uh, Ishimori. You got Bull Club versus the LIJ. Um, I like that. So that is our New Japan update. Like I said, there's three straight nights coming up at the New Japan Cup. It's going to be fun three mornings for me. Uh, but now it is that wonderful time. It's time for Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. A-E-Dub, A-E-Dub, A-E-Dub. Before we get into Fighter Fest, uh, we had a couple things that took place going into... Um, uh, that, that involved with night two, so we'll get into that real quick. As FTR uh, beat SCU um, in a really good match. I'm a big fan of SCU. Obviously, you know FTR, everybody loves. Then the Blade and the Butcher came out, took their truck, and then all of a sudden, the return of Pentagon, I smiled. John Smith, I've been talking for God knows how long right now. I need a drink of water. You can take it from here with this match. Um, that it was a solid match between FTR and SCU. Um, nothing, nothing I could really point out that happened in the match, but it was just a nice, solid match. Afterwards, it was great to see them come back, though. Sato Miedo, right? And then the, uh, and then the Butcher and the Blade. I'm kind of indifferent about them right now. When I first saw them, I loved them, and it wasn't because of the bunny, but now, <laughs> like, they're. They're kind of corny. Like, is it on purpose, or do they just not know what they're doing? Yeah, of- I, I haven't seen him enough to give that opinion, John DeConi. Uh, yeah. Oh, here we go, real quick, because the FTR uh, uh, Dax Hardwood, right? I got that one right. Dax Hardwood. Dax Hardwood, Cash Wheeler. Yeah, Dax got on the mic saying, "You're not at the kiddies table anymore. You're eating with the big boys." And here come the Blade and the Butcher in their truck, stealing their truck with Pentagon and Phoenix. Your thoughts? I guess I played in the butcher. What do you think? I, I the, the verdict for me, the verdict's not out yet on him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, uh, like John Smith said, I liked him in, uh, when I first saw them. And I will admit it did have something to do with the bunny, but uh, you know, they, they came out. They well, were the, she's an impact girl, John. She's an impact girl. That's <laughs> what but yeah, they they were kind of badasses. They wore all black. Now all of a sudden, they they look like they're in little sailor outfits. I don't understand what they're doing. Like it's it's almost as if. If this was the 1980s, they went from wearing all black to wearing all white. You think it was a face turn, but clearly that's not the case. No. They're, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they're not changing their characters. They just seem to kind of be in limbo. 
But I do think that once we get the you know we get the Bucks and FTR and all that and we get them all involved and now now you bring back uh, Pentagon and Phoenix, I think that's going to be an eight way wow fest. So. Yeah, I think Phoenix has been back. I know he got hurt during the casino ladder match, but I think if Pentagon was in Mexico, how did he get over the border? All right, nobody like bring him. <laughs> he should have snuck Tessa out in his luggage. Yeah. That <laughs> But that's in one of his masks, right? It's, you'll never know. <laughs> um, one more thing, and then we'll get into Fighter Fest. Uh, and just because um, Chris Jericho's promo was great. Why did the chicken cross the road? It's a funny <laughs> joke. It's kind of stupid. And it just it was it was it was a great comparison to what a heel would think Orange Cassidy is. Now I don't want to compare Orange Cassidy to the joke. But John Smith, I, I laughed hysterically. And actually, I have my own little comparison with Orange Cassidy that you're going to be kind of far-fetched, but I'll let you go with this now. Yeah, it was a good promo by Jericho. Um, I really don't have much to say about it, to be honest with you. I'm really looking forward to the match, though. The the, the Cassidy versus Jericho match, I think, is, yeah. is going to steal the show. Yeah. Okay, so we'll do that. Just with, his, with Orange Cassidy's wrestling, you know, the funny thing was, and this I, I might get – if, if, if this show was more famous than it was, I might get blasted for saying this by Twitter and whatever, but I think the fact that we're still new and not that many people are watching, I'll get away with this right now. No, somebody once, <laughs> when they were talking about The Undertaker, and I, remember, I think it was, I don't know if it was The Last Ride or if it was his Austin podcast or The Undertaker's like, well, what do you want? Just go slow. You're slow. You move slow. Everything you do is slow. And then, boom, you catch him. You go 90 miles an hour at the end. That's Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is the modern day Undertaker. <laughs> How weird is that, right? Like it's 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 like half true though. Has that not on a crawl? Have we ever seen Orange Cassidy and the Undertaker in the same place at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, but that's exactly what that's exactly what Orange Cassidy is. It's slow, it's slow, and then it's shot out of a cannon. Yep. That's exactly what they wanted to do with The Undertaker back in the day. You know, that was his whole thing. I thought that was, you know, I like my comparison. I don't know how the, why the chicken crossed the road. That, that's a pretty good comparison. <laughs> all right. So, all right, gentlemen. So we're going to get into Fighter Fest. Just let me get my graphics ready because we're going to do this. Uh, boom, we're changing the logo up top. There we go. Well, first we're going to start off where I know you guys missed Double or Nothing. You guys weren't around for the, the first part of the show. Um, I didn't do that bad. Uh, like I said, Tyler's in first place overall because he's been doing very well in WWE. Uh, between AEW and NXT, not so much. But uh, Fighter Fest coming up. First match, if you want to talk about. And I want to talk about this one first because that Lumberjack match on Dynamite this past Wednesday between Wardlow and Luchasaurus. I have never seen more useless lumberjacks in my entire life. <laughs> John the Connie, you want to go for that? You want to go on this one first? Yeah, uh, not much to say about uh, the action outside the ring, but yeah, the action inside the ring was pretty good for a big Haas match. I thought they did uh, quite, quite an interesting job. Cut quite a few uh, surprising high spots, and yeah. uh, you know. Deliver the uh, there to catch him. I think that's the reason why they made it a lot. So Luchasaurus can do backflips off the freaking stage. 
and the match ends with an F10 because it's twice as good as an F5. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that 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 makes it uh, worth the uh, worth the money for my ticket. Yeah, Warlord, Warlord did pretty, he, he moves pretty well. I think Luchasaurus. I, I want to say he was hands down the best looking, uh, the best moving bin man I've seen in a long time. And then all of a sudden you see Madman Fulton. We'll see him again tonight. You got to keep an eye. That'd be a fun match, Fulton and Luchasaurus. Um, who do you got in this one, John Smith? Um, I got MJF and Wardlow, if only for the fact that they always tell us that MJF is undefeated in 2020 and he's effectively undefeated overall because he hasn't been pinned in AEW yet. Yeah. Um, I, I love Wardlow. He's watching that Lumberjack this week, that Lumberjack match this week. I got a big feel of Rhino out of him for some reason. He just wow. made me feel like maybe it's good just because he was wearing the same type of tights and yeah. similar type of wrestler, but I got a, a big Rhino feel out of him, and I think he's going places eventually. And any type of feeling with Rhino is a good feeling, John DeConnie. Absolutely. Yeah, when 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 Wardlow, uh, I think when he nipped up in the corner and he was kind of squatting and waiting for uh, Luchasaurus to either turn around or get back up, I kind of got the same feeling. It took me right back to late '90s ECW, uh, you know, the, the birth of Rhino. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely going with the heels here. Definitely MJF and Wardlow, because uh, quite frankly, you know, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will still be loved the next day, even exactly. with lost. So. Yeah, they never need to win. They can always lose and still have a job. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, it's not like there's any tension anymore. I know there was like some – every once in a while here and there, you know, MJF and Warlow kind of – Warlow gives him a look and puts him in his place. But uh, I don't see anything like that happening. I'm taking MJF and Warlow as well. Um, and like I said earlier in the show, as, as the Great American and Bash and NXT are, are uh, showcasing their strength, and that's their women's division – AEW is doing the same with Fighter Fest and their tag team division as a private party uh, with Matt Hardy in their corner uh, are taking on the uh, inner circles, Santana and Ortiz. Got a funny feeling Sammy was supposed to be involved in this in some way, shape, or form, and I guess we'll, we'll just leave that where it is for now. Um, I don't want to bet against the inner circle. I like them. I like Santana Ortiz, John DeConi, their impact guys as well. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I do like them and whatnot. I, I just I wonder, like you say, I think 100% Sammy was supposed to be involved here, whether it was supposed to be a six-way or if it was supposed to be a classic match with just Hardy and Sammy at ringside, mm -hmm. in which case I would have said Private Party would win because uh, it would further the agenda that Matt Hardy has brought in front of Sammy that you need to get away from Chris Jericho in the inner circle yeah, and yeah. see here's what's happening, blah, blah, blah. Now that uh, assuming Sammy is not involved and Matt Hardy is just there for moral support, I'll go with uh, Santana and Ortiz. I just I guess it's I, – I know who Santana and Ortiz is. I know how long and how great they were as Impact Tag Team Champions. Um, it's only a matter of time before they get themselves in the AEW tag title uh, situation. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, as good as Mark Quinn was uh, against Cody, I, like I said, that was a great showcase for him. Like I said, it made, I don't think it makes him bulletproof for a couple matches, you know. But I, I just, if this is a true tag team match, I just can't see Santana and Ortiz losing. John Smith? I feel the same way. Um, I think Santana and Ortiz are next in line 
not maybe not to win the tag titles, but to challenge for them. Um, I see. The, I mean, yeah, we can go into that later because I'm not going to talk about who I think is going to win the tag title match yet. But yeah, go ahead. Asking who shall receive an AEW oh. World Tag Team Championship match. That's going to be on the line, uh, line as well. Night one, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page uh, are going against the best friends, John the Connie, uh, John Smith. I'm sorry, keep going, brother. Uh, yeah, so um, I definitely see Hangman Page making the heel turn. Um, you think this I, is the time they're going to do it? Yeah, I think best friends win. Um, is, does the heel turn happen during the match or after the match? I don't know. I. You know, I think that's moot. I think it ends up they split best friends or champs, and then they they Santana and Ortiz come out on you know the next dynamite and say you know we're we're next in line. We just beat you know whoever. So yeah, John the Connie, what do you think? Yeah, I agree that this this makes sense for it's been a I think it's been a long enough run with uh, Page and Omega. Uh, I would have expected maybe a more, uh, I don't know, front and center team to have been the ones to take it. But I think given it to best friends, even if they wind up on getting unfortunately uh, tagged with the transitional, you know, uh, gimmick, if you will, uh, that they turn around and lose them pretty quick, that could happen. At least they can, you know, put on their resume that they were AEW tag team champions. I think it's, it's the right time to take it off of Omega and Page, and let them turn on each other. All right, I, I've been calling for uh, a Page turn here for a while now, and it just hasn't seemed to be happening. And the thing I'm, I'm going to turn to right now um, is they ran a pretty lengthy promo um, about this match. They didn't have anything on AEW as far as wrestling is concerned. They just had a you know promotional shoot uh, with all four teams saying how great each other were and blah 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 blah. And then here comes Jim Ross. Well, how can you trust Hangman Page? Hangman Page. Jim Ross just let the cat out of the bag, which means I don't think they're going to do it now. Um, and honestly, I think they're. I don't think. I don't think they're going to do it now because I don't think Jr. would have said it's the same thing we talked about last week with Heenan. What side is he on? You know, why say it if he's going to do it? You know, it's got to be shocked. Now you got to be surprised. So unfortunately, I was with you guys up until Jim Ross said that. So I'm going to go with Page and Omega to retain here, and this is going to keep going. Um, it doesn't. See, it seems like they're getting along now, anyways. I, I don't know. You know, Omega's drinking milk with them. You know, while they're you know they're hanging out, they're doing their thing. So, why have them keep the titles in such a loaded tag team division, though? They're two singles wrestlers. I get it, John. I, I completely agree. But I, 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 I just I, three points on the line here, John. I gotta stay ahead of Tyler and you guys. <laughs> um, any any prediction on how many stars Kenny Omega puts up in this match, John the Connie? I mean, you know, what twenty five is the is the bar, right? I I don't know. I think he, I think he did thirty six at uh, Stadium Stampede. John Smith, any prediction? Imagine how many stars it would be if Omega does the heel turn. That'd be the biggest heel turn ever. The most stars of anything. Wow. I hope that happens someday. I know it, <laughs> it's it's got to be a pretty vicious heel turn to turn him to make him hated. That's the thing. It's, it's like you know. <laughs> That's barbershop window stuff right there. That's yeah. That's like barbershop <laughs> through window, like with barbed wire. Like that's something's gonna happen. Uh, going forward, um, actually, there's three title matches tomorrow night at Fighter Fest. Um, uh, Hikaru Shida putting up the women's title against Penelope Ford. Uh, super bad, Penelope Ford. 
Penelope Ford pinned Sheeta to earn this match in a tag team match, and I believe my prediction for that match was <laughs> Ford's going to get pinned. She doesn't do anything. That she's just there to lay down, and she got the win. And now so I feel like a complete moron for uh, putting her down, and then all of a sudden she got the win on the match I put her down on, and now she gets a tag, uh, title shot uh, from it. John Smith, what's up? Who do you got? I think this one's pretty straightforward. It's uh, Higurushida's first title defense. You know, they'll, they'll give him a nice 12, 15-minute, you know, time slot to, to do what they got to do. Um, Shida wins. All right, John Nakani? Agreed. Uh, I think uh, it's too early. You know, the way they built up Shida, uh, it's way too early for her to drop it. And, you know, if nothing else, Penelope Ford, cleanly pinning Sheeta last week to get this opportunity, or not to get this opportunity, but in that tag match, yeah, tells you all you need to know that uh, she's not going to do it again. I really enjoyed uh, this past week on Dynamite. I guess Sheeta had a, a match against some enhancement talent. I guess Ford upset her before the match. Sheeta went in, dropped uh, this enhancement talent in two moves, and then ran right back out of and jumped the guardrail to gut after Penelope Ford. So I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, nice little uh, setup for this match coming up. I'm, I'm agreeing with you guys uh, both. Uh, Hikaru Shida, probably until Britt Baker gets back. Let's put it that way, even though I know Britt Baker, uh, maybe he's got her hands full of Big Swole at the moment. Um, and then probably what will most likely be the main event for the TNT Championship. Uh, Cody against the Inner Circle's Jake Hager. Uh, they had a press conference. This past Wednesday, uh, where Hager, uh, in true Hager form, doesn't say a word. Uh, his wife actually threw a glass of water in uh, Cody's face. So that was, I guess, that was enough speaking for the both of them. Um, John DeConi, I'll, I'll put you up first on this one. Uh, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Cody here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm more torn than I think I probably should be in this match because uh, if if Hager now has his second title opportunity and makes nothing of it, what do you do with him next? But I just think it's too soon for Cody. You know, Cody has been talking about, oh, I'm going to cut the busiest schedule anyone's ever seen with the open challenges. And this, and I think it's too early for him to drop the title. Uh, it's going to make Hager not come off very well, but I, I see Cody holding on to it. I completely agree with that. I, I would have put money on it that this would have been the rematch with Archer. Uh, John Smith, what do you got? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, could this be the one swerve of the night where, where Hager wins? I mean, you got we got Santana and Ortiz winning earlier in the night. Is it an inner circle night? And then they talk about that going into into next week with the with the Jericho match. You know, um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go with Hager. Just because I don't know, and I hate Cody. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Cody. It's like how you'll always pick Triple H. I yeah, think it makes that I'll always pick against Cody. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, what are you uh, – just overall general consensus. Um, Fighter Fest versus the Great American Bash. What uh, – what are the thoughts on it? Do you like the war? Do you like the matches? Like, what do you think get the advantage? Just, just throw anything you want out there. John Smith, I'll let you go first. I I love that NXT 
decided to to put something up against Fighter Fest instead of just you know going with their normal show. Um, I know we were talking about the the Io Shirai versus Sasha match being the the main event, but I'd like to see them put the the women's four way match at the end, just because it's it you know an elimination match really keeps the interest of anybody, even if they don't care about women's wrestling. You know, I, like me personally, I'm the, uh, when it comes to main roster, I'm not much of a women's wrestling fan. When it comes to NXT, I like it, but there's people that don't like watching it at all. But if it's a four-way elimination match, it, it kind of gives you that intrigue, and I'd like to see that go up against Hager and and Cody instead of Io and Sasha. John Lacani, any thoughts? Uh, I think if uh, if you told me I could only watch one, I'm probably going to watch Fighter Fest. But I think it's uh, it's going to make for a heck of a night, and uh, you know, four plus hours probably of highly entertaining wrestling all around. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see. I know the ratings were. I, I love that Hunter uh, did this. Um, I know, you know, Fighter Fest came out first. They've been promoted for a while. Um, yeah, but Hunter's, this is what it's supposed to be. And, you know, this is only going to make everybody else better. This is going to make AEW try harder. This is going to make NXT guys try harder. And the ones that are going to benefit from it are us. So, like, I, I love it. This is this is turning out to be what Raw and Nitro were way back when, you know? Um, so I'm looking forward exactly four. There's gonna be four straight hours. Um, I don't know what I'm going to watch first. I normally watch NXT first and then watch, uh, AEW the next night, um, on delay. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to, I think I'm going to have to watch back to back. <laughs> Why not do one on the TV, one on the laptop? Yeah. I was just thinking about that. There's ways. Yeah. That's maybe one in Spanish announced, maybe one in Japanese. I've been watching a lot of Japanese. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, just a quick reminder. Um, if you want to make your Fighter Fest picks or the Great American Bash picks, um, and you want to play against us, we'd love to, uh, for you to join our pool, the Essential Wrestling Podcast pool at ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Um, or if you just forget us, you want to just uh, start a pool with your friends, um, that's what I do. That's what me, John, and John have been doing for the past five years. Uh, we have our own little uh, pool with us, and um, we have a lot of fun with it. Like I said, John the is our first ever champion. Um, and I'll, hey, and uh, point out I'm the first ever to have a perfect pay per view. Okay. Were you really? Yes. Wow. And I don't remember really that because I was the first one. <laughs> what was the show? Um, I think it might have been. It was the first year that you ran it. Yeah. Um, it might have been uh, Extreme Rules or something like that. It wasn't. It wasn't one of the major four pay per views. But yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll look it up for you. I have all that on record. Yeah, with all the stats you got, you could you could figure it out for me. Every, everything's on a spreadsheet and it's not deleted. So, um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna take a quick second here. Uh, just want to remind everybody that today is. Oh, excuse me, one second. Today is uh, Doubleheader Tuesday. Today, um, here on the i95 Sports Networks uh, on YouTube um, and the Eastern Observer. As uh, at 10 o'clock tonight, uh, Joey Jarzenka is going to be on the primetime rundown Zoom interview series uh, with Major League outfielder uh, Scott Harrison. That's um, episode 25 tonight. Um, I actually I have a list here of everything that I'm supposed to say word for word. 
And I kind of just got talking about it because the, the, the graphic that's on the screen, and I, I don't know if I just completely botched that advertisement, but it's on the screen for everybody to see. Uh, Joey, I apologize, but everyone, please stay with us tonight on the Eastern Observer Family of Networks, um, where Scott Harrison, former Major League Baseball player, will join Joey on the primetime Zoom interview series rundown, uh, the primetime rundown. And then we actually have breaking news uh, somewhere in, uh, in my other area of expertise. Um, I'm proud to be the first to announce that uh, the primetime rundown Zoom interview series um, will be welcoming former Vancouver Canucks and Carolina Hurricanes goaltender Eddie Lack next Wednesday, July 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. For more information, please log on to the easternobserver.com. Um, as a hockey guy, I know exactly who Eddie Lack is. I can't remember if it was Carolina or Vancouver. He had a pretty deep playoff run one year. Um, I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. Uh, so anything else you guys want to say in closing? Don Smith will go with you first. Thank you for coming on again, as always. Um, as Actually, just to make this announcement, too, real quick. Um, you will see John and John every week going forward. Uh, John Smith is our senior NXT correspondent. John DeConi, uh, he gets Tuesday nights in Impact. Um, they will be on every week to discuss wrestling with us, whether Tyler is here or not. So, um, John Smith, anything you want to uh, throw out there before we talk next week? Uh, no, I'm just really psyched to be a part of this uh, for the for the long term now. I, I enjoyed filling in and... I, I like that I'm going to be the NXT correspondent moving forward because I'll have a lot less that I need to take notes on. <laughs> <laughs> Except when you get the call last minute that Tyler's not showing up again. John yeah. McConney, uh anything you want to throw out there before you close us out of the show? Uh, no, just once again, thanks uh, thanks again for keeping me in mind uh, for this fill-in, and thank you for the promotion, as I'm going to call it, to a uh, weekly spot guest uh, to uh, do the, the Impact segment. Guys, you guys are filling us in. I know Tyler appreciates what you do for this podcast, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he had some family stuff to take care of, and tonight, he, uh, I wouldn't say impromptu, because he just forgot he had something to do. Long story with that. Um, so here are all of us at the Essential Wrestling Podcast for John Smith, John DeConi. My name is Al Carl. We'll see you for next week, episode 10. Two world title matches and a brother versus brother at WrestleMania? Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Again, for John Smith, for King Kong Bundy, John DeConi. You got Chris Jericho with you again? Absolutely, always. There you go, Chris Jericho. My name is Al Carl. Alexa Bliss, we love you. Don't ever forget that. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks again for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Good night.